Dave. Joining me tonight are the fine, fine <sighs> colleagues from whoa. Are the fine colleagues from Two Broke Geeks, Matt? Hello. And Justin? Hello. And it appears that Matt is very gassy at the moment. Sorry about that. Couldn't help it. <laughs> hey, it's a world we live in. I blame Obama. But um <laughs> now I'm gonna get tons of hate tweets, but Probably. Uh, anyway, and joining us for the first time is the newest member of the Atomic Geekdom family. He's going to be writing some cool articles that he's already sent me some examples of that I'm looking forward to reading more of. Uh, his name is Johnny. Johnny, hello. Hi. Uh, Johnny, tell us all what you are geeky about. Give us your geek cred. Oh, goodness. Um, well, I uh, am a huge fan of the pre-New 52 DC I'm very excited for that to be making a return. It appears in Rebirth. Uh, I love uh, very select uh, characters. Um, Ant-Man I was a real fan of until the movie came out, and uh, everyone got on board. So I'm real glad to see more people on the Ant-Man train. And you're happy with the movie? Oh, I adored the movie. I thought it was excellent. Um, Oh, everything. (laughs) Flash. Flash, I love the Flash TV show. I thought Arrow was great until about halfway through season three. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, real exciting. Um, the DC movie universe needs a little bit of refinement, uh, but I'm on board for the future, given the uh, the Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck uh, involvement moving forward. So you think you think Ben's going to be more true to the character? I think he is. I I feel like it was one of those situations uh, like uh, Sam Raimi with Spider-Man 3 where he was kind of forced by the studio to put Venom in when he really had no love for the character. It almost felt like, you know, Ben Affleck obviously loves Batman. I feel like some of the elements that they changed weren't at his request. It was almost like, uh, you know, hey, we're going to play. We're going to do Batman. We're going to do him this way, though. So it's your one and only shot. And, uh, you know, just like... uh, just like Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool, you, sure. if you if you got that shot, you gotta gotta go for it at least. So he's basically getting his foot in the door, and then he's gonna make the changes he sees fit. Now that we see that Zack Snyder doesn't have a clue what he's doing, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, it, it's definitely paid off. I may not enjoy certain aspects of the Batman character, but I thought he was phenomenal. Uh, I really feel like they're gonna make some changes moving forward, and I think they're gonna be for the positive. Uh, question I have, okay, your favorite, give me one favorite character from DC and one favorite from Marvel. One favorite from DC is the Wally West version of Flash, and one favorite from Marvel, I know I said Ant-Man already, um, I'll I'll say Ant-Man slash, uh, Cyclops. Cyclops is an interesting answer for me. I don't hear that a lot. What, what's, uh, what brought you to the liking of Scott Summers? Uh, I, I like... The I like the leadership that he takes, and normally I like the more um, comical characters like you know Scott Lang and, and Wally West. Yeah. Um, but something about Cyclops and, and his leadership position, how how powerful he really is, uh, with his optic blasts, the fact that um, <clears throat> he's got uh, he's got that relationship with Xavier in the comics, that father son relationship, to me is very dynamic. Uh, one that is explored between Wolverine and, and Xavier in the movies that uh, I really, really wish they they had uh, shifted that focus with Cyclops. I can assume you weren't happy with his use in the movies, but what did you think of the actor? 
Uh, James Marsden is a, a fantastic actor. I really enjoy him. Uh, I think he was good with what he had laid in front of him. It's it's not his fault. I'd see him again. I'd yeah. certainly like to see him show up. But, you know, given the timeline of the movies, the next one looking like it's going to be in the 90s, I can't really see him coming back. I think they're sticking with Ty Sheridan. I thought it looked great until, you know, they killed him. But he had that, <laughs> that great moments when he's, like, screaming in, like, you know, in agony and right before he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, before Gene shows back up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, and then uh, on the DC side, you said Wally West. How do you feel so far about Wally on the TV show? I'm very surprised. I didn't think I didn't think that I would like him as much as I have. Um, you know, they, they really at this point in the show, the only difference is that he's an African American, and that's it. One of the things I didn't like about his introduction in New 52 was he was this angsty, you know, rebellious teenager. And Wally West was never like that. You know, he adored the Flash, you know, tried to tailor his life to be like him. Uh, couldn't believe it when he got the powers. He was so excited. And and this Wally West in the New 52 that has shown up, I, I was really against. So when I heard he was going to be in the show and I figured they were going the New 52 direction, but they definitely have not. He's really exciting. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to a season three with him in it. The the last episode, which if you're listening to this, was the penultimate episode to the finale, was fantastic for Wally. Uh, you got to really see why he's driven to be a hero, and you know that we'll just leave it at that for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, which I don't think Justin has. No, unfortunately, because I don't have CW, I have to wait for the whole thing to come out on Hulu. Yeah, we like to say that. Mm. I like to bring it up so that just in case anyone, anyone at all that works at the CW that might be listening can help Justin get the CW. It's because DirecTV <laughs> is like the only company that doesn't carry your local CW. That's insane. Mm. Yep. It's bizarre. We're supposed, we're changing, we're changing uh, uh, companies soon, but we're just kind of weighing it out. And at this point, because I've only seen season one. And I know of things that happened in season two already, so I'm not too surprised. But at this point, I'm just like, okay, I'll just just gotta wait for however much longer. <laughs> right. Yeah, Flash is great. They they certainly take some liberties uh, with reference to the comics, but they they twist it for the better. Uh, just like the movies can't remain slaves to the comics, the TV show can't either. And and I think that they've done a, a fantastic job on that show. Both the first and second season are some of the best shows on television to me. Yeah. With, since we haven't talked about it as a, as a unit yet, and it was announced that Supergirl is moving over to the CW and we're going to get this four television show crossover, which is insane, an insane and daunting idea, but you're going to get arrow crossing over with flash with, with legends and with Supergirl. So the question I ask the three of you is, do you think they're going to do infinite, or Crisis on Infinite Earths. No, they've teased they it already. It, they, I, I've heard that they've teased it because I haven't watched any of it. My my issue isn't much that they can't pull it off. It's more of, of um, when you start like where everyone's used to having like not just with superhero shows, but with other shows like having crossover episodes Mm. with other things. And I feel like when you start taking that show and then like developing 
in a way so that you have a crossover, 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 crossover. Um, it's going to get confusing for fans, and I think right. they're going to lose a lot of um, a, a lot of steam that they've already pushed for because they had the one episode already of Flash on Supergirl, mm-hmm. and that worked out perfectly. They had the war, yeah, and so like I just I would like I, as much as I would like them to kind of do that. I feel like it's going to be daunting and it's going to confuse a lot of people. I have faith that they can do it because so far, like with Flash going over to Supergirl, it had to be done delicately in a, in a different way. Like he hasn't brought it up on the show ever on his show. Right. Right? And it worked out well enough where it was just standalone and they didn't need to bring it up again afterwards. But now they can, obviously. But all the other crossovers they've done involving the Legends or involving mm-hmm. Arrow to Flash or Flash <clears throat> to Arrow, it's been pretty low key other than the major crossover events that they do once a year, like in November. Yeah. And yeah. those those can be tricky too because if you're not lining up your storylines to coincide with your other show, something may happen one week on one show that hasn't happened yet, you know, globally uh, across across the, the the you know, the network and it could confuse people like, well, why didn't Flash just go save Oliver at this point? Like he could have just done it real quick. Like, Crossovers yeah. are some of my least favorite things in comics. I I don't like being forced to well, in comics, I don't like being forced to read books I don't normally read. Sure. And on TV, I don't want to be forced to watch shows I don't normally watch. Like, I don't want to have to watch Legends of Tomorrow because it's crossing over with The Flash. And I don't want to have to... I'm really thinking about giving up Arrow after the end of this season. And I don't want to have... You know, and... I didn't ever end up catching up on Super. So, I mean, like, the only one of those shows I watch at the moment is The Flash. I mean, I'm still watching Arrow, but I might not even watch that by next season. So, you you didn't stick with Legends? No. I was not impressed by Legends. Oh, it was real good at the end there. No, I wasn't impressed by Legends at all. So, I dropped it after five episodes, I think. Wow. Yeah, it really started to improve towards the 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 end of the first season. Yeah, once they realized the show is about pretty much Sarah and Snart, <laughs> like yeah. it became the focus, and Adam too, to an extent. Yeah. But uh, next season sounds awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it when they. I didn't like Vandal Savage. I didn't. Oh, li- really? I mean, I didn't. No, I didn't like any of it, so I gave it up. It was I I thought it was tedious and yeah. Wow, I, I I agree with you on Savage. Savage to me is but the least the least important part of the show. You could replace yeah. him with any generic villain. I really like the portrayal of the villain though. I really thought the actor did a great job with that villain though. Oh, maybe I'm alone. I don't know. I really enjoyed it in the in the finale. I thought, well, this guy's really good. But anyway. I'll let you know what I think when I when I get around to watching. Yeah, hopefully somebody can be on my side about this. I also well, never finished I, I, Supergirl, but that's because I got behind on Supergirl when X Files started airing at the exact same time. Sure, so. Supergirl was is was, I mean, it was kind of low budgety for what it was, which some parts of it were kind of cheesy, and some of the writing wasn't the greatest. But it really, I thought that was a really good uh, adaptation for her, except for bullshit ending of the season when they thought the whole thing was just going to get canned. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to find out that, like, crypto is in the in the thing. I swear, it's going to be crypto. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 
uh, yeah, I don't know. Once they did the the John Jones thing, it really picked up steam, and the writing got yeah. really good <laughs> mm-hmm. on that show. And I know, I know, Matt, you'll you'll go back and watch it eventually. But yeah, I'll finish that one. Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And once they kind of got over the like they didn't, I guess, essentially, but the the love triangle thing where it then turned into a love square and then a love rhombus, and it's like, all right, that's enough. Let's let's focus on yeah. the heroes being cool and not pull a, a elicity on us again. Yeah. I think the show's going to improve moving to the CW. I think you're going to get a new set of um, writers who who want to incorporate her into the this type of universe that the CW is setting up. So I, I have a I have a pretty strong feeling that uh, whatever was creating the show to struggle in the first season is going to improve. Uh, now moving on to the CW. It'll be interesting to see what they do yeah. and how they do it. If they if they want to address that it's a different Earth or if they're going to merge it somehow, I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, all right, oh, there's your there's your crisis. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Everybody like people tweet at me and they're like, "Oh, they're going to do Crisis now," and I'm like, "You guys know Supergirl dies in Crisis, right?" Like, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> like, I mean, granted that people come back all the time and they're not going to kill off Supergirl on her own show. Well. They killed Buffy, I don't know how many times on that show, and it's her show, but... How many times have the Winchesters died on Supernatural? Like, 20? So Very true, but I can't yeah. wait I can't wait for the finale this year. It's, mm. it's so good. Uh, Guys, what are we here to talk yeah, about? right, thank you. Segway. Uh, <laughs> I thought well, you were going to teach me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is actually going to be geared more towards Johnny's favorite character, Cyclops, as we're going to do... Atomic Geekdom University, X-Men 101, because this week, X-Men Apocalypse is coming out. And after Days of Future Past, I'm pretty stoked for Apocalypse. Me too. Not mm-hmm. all of the trailers have been great, but when they showed me Olivia Munn as Psylocke, I, they had my money uh, like three times over. Because, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, but and, and we're going to get introduced to some cooler characters. And this timeline seems to be a little more accurate to what the comic books were. Not entirely, but at least it's making a little more sense than the first three X-Men movies did as far as the timeline goes and who these characters are and stuff like that. Except except Magneto and, and right. what's-his-name don't age. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into yeah. the movies later, but first we're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about the origins and the roots of the movies, which is the comic books. Uh, Matt mm-hmm. is going to play... You, the listener that may not know a lot about the X-Men, he's going to be the student, so to speak. And uh, I say this uh, with every Atomic Geek University, we are by no means experts. We just happen to have read a lot of these books and know a lot because we're geeks. Uh, We may get things wrong or we may need to be corrected or miss things, but that's why there's four of us. So hopefully, I'm glad somebody's read a lot of X-Men books because I've read like two. X-Men were my favorite uh, growing up. Uh, the first book I got was a Wolverine book, and I, he's not even my favorite X-Men, let alone superhero. Uh, I, in fact, I hate Wolverine. I'm going to put that right out there. Wolverine Oof, is, Wolverine is overrated. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just start with this. Before we dig into the origins, I want to ask, we already know Johnny's favorite X-Men is Cyclops. Uh, Justin, do you have a favorite? Um, see, I mean, I like the Chief. I was a very... I was a fan of like the television show. Yeah. Um, comic wise, it was kind of touch and go on certain characters. I don't really like any of the heroes okay. in the X Men. I actually love the Juggernaut. Oh, okay. I love his whole character and 
how and I hated what they did with him in X three, but that's besides the point. But I just the whole the whole point of him in my mind and the way I kind of picture and read, he's such a unique character in the X Men kind of roster that he just stands out more than most of the others for me. And what's what's cool is the contrast that when you find out that he's brothers with Xavier. Yeah. Like this and huge he's not a mutant right. at all. Right. Like his his powers the, are mystical. His yeah, his come from the Sitter I don't know how to pronounce it, the Sitterac uh gem. Yeah. And and you and like there's like a later story during um I think Fear Itself, uh when he loses that gem and Colossus gets it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Unstoppable Colossus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's you you find out like the, the gem is kind of like controlling you too, like it has a way of controlling you. Yeah, it's like a, there's like a demon that that right. controls it behind the scenes. Yeah, they recently in one of the books, one of the new Marvel now X-Men books, they did a storyline where Juggernaut or is it Cade? Is his real name? A uh, Kane. Kane. Kane Marco. Kane, Kane Marco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to find the stone again and then uh, the team with Cyclops finds it, and it's kind of like a drug between him and 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 Kane. Like they're, they're is Kane yeah. Marco related to Flint Marco? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> I thought maybe he was like quick. Sandman's brother. <laughs> no, I don't think they're. I, I don't. Maybe I got his last name wrong. I could no, be wrong. it's Marco. That sounds right. It's Kane it's Marco. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that would be kind of funny, though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. They 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 destroyed him in, in X Men: The Last Stand. But... Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have a lot of knowledge on the X-Men, but do you have a favorite mutant? Who, me? Yeah. I know who my favorite mutant is not, Dave. (laughs) My favorite mutant is not Gambit. You you bastard. You bastard. (laughs) Uh, no, now Dave is really going to hit me, though, because my favorite mutant is Wolverine. (laughs) I wish, I wish I could hang up on just you. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you like Wolverine? Well, because Wolverine has the power that, you know, everybody kind of wants. Like, don't you want to be able to heal yourself? Like, oh, I thought you meant the uncontrollable roid rage. No, no, no. Because no. you can have that. No, I know. I almost slapped a coworker today. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I know. Uh, I like him because, like, he's he's really old. Like, he can – he's – effectively immortal he can just keep healing and healing and healing himself and live a really long time and it's like man imagine how much stuff you could see if you were wolverine like i'm never gonna see as much stuff as wolverine right right but that's like that's a torture though yeah yeah i mean it is and it is i mean he doesn't remember all your friends die yeah, but see, the thing is, in most depictions I've seen of Wolverine, he doesn't even remember being that old, so... Because of the Weapon That's X. true. Yeah. yeah. So... Well. Yeah, alright, great. Also, I mean, come on, he's like <laughs> a knife guy, and he kills people and stuff, so, I don't know. He's cool. Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> Smokes a cigar. He's awesome, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's only supposed to be like four feet tall. I know. And he's Canadian. Right. What's the matter Canadian, with you? Eh? You're like you're, your favorite one is not even an American. Get out of this God. country. Hey, I only live like a few minutes from the Canadian border, eh? Come okay. on now. Go get Leave some me alone. go get some poutine. Mm. <laughs> Wait, Dave, is your favorite gambit? 
Gambit is my favorite X Men. He's almost yeah. he's pretty much my favorite Marvel character. All right. Uh, yeah, I that started with the cartoon actually. I, I enjoyed Gambit in the cartoon, and then that. Well, they made him way cooler in the cartoon than how oh, he's he awesome in the cartoon. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah. he's like, he's like, he's I guess like Wolverine in the cartoon. He's kind of doing his own thing. Like they made it so that he could just kind of come and go whenever he wants. He's part of the team, but mostly he's got this whole thing on the side where he's this thief, and uh, mm-hmm. plus he was he was with the coolest chick, Rogue, and they've destroyed that character now, but. Hopefully they can rebuild that character now. But uh, they actually just started doing that, rebuilding her. Like that, well, rebuilding Rogue, the Rogue Gambit love thing. Which books? And like uh, the new, the the newest Uncanny Avengers I just read. Oh, is she in the event Uncanny Avengers? Uh, see now, I've yeah. left in the wrong damn books. Like I'm getting the X Men <laughs> books, hoping they because Gambit was in the all new X Factor, and I got all those. I'm like, yeah, that's all right. He's doing. You know, it was cool. It's okay, it. Dave. The death of the mutants is coming anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, it, that, that's what that that's basically what that is is like because yeah. now all the mutants are spread out in random factions. So now Rogue, <laughs> uh, Cable, and I think Beast are in the Uncanny Avengers. No, Beast is in the Uncanny Inhumans. Inhumans, right? With, I'm with lost. Human Torch. <laughs> yep. And so, and so the latest issue that just came out of Uncanny Avengers is Rogue Visits Gambit. Oh, no, I got to buy it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome, Marvel. Yeah, you got my, you you milked me for my $2.99. Probably $3.99 because I want the digital copy. But yeah, yeah, I've always liked Gambit. I loved it uh, in the books when he became, he actually becomes the uh, death uh, the the writer for Apocalypse at one point when he does that like on purpose to to sacrifice himself to save I probably broke I can't remember it's been a long time since I read that book. Uh, the Age of Apocalypse stuff Gambit is kind of a key figure in that too. Uh, if you can make your way through the dated books that Matt wasn't able to or is oh I couldn't make it through that book I I couldn't make it through. <laughs> It's a tough read now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it's a thing you had, had to have gotten when it was happening. Yeah. I had never read it and I tried to read it really recently and it was really rough. Like you had scenes where like there was like, Bobby, use your ice powers to freeze his feet to the floor. Okay. I'm going to, now you go over there and use your sonic scream to blast my ice into bits. That's, like, that's oh, 90s God. Marvel. That's 90s. I, oh, it was bad. I couldn't do it. I'm like, you are telling me word. By, yeah. No. <laughs> that's the 90s Marvel method. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Anyway. So again, all right, we've gotten everybody's. Johnny, do you want to pick a second one since we already know Cyclops or uh, the uh, second X Men character or Marvel character? X Men. Uh, second X. I, I love Magneto. All right. I love I love the uh, the original Magneto, uh, leader of the the Brotherhood. Yep. When he was quite nefarious. Yeah. Uh, but I have really enjoyed. And, and and I I've sort of lost track of where it's all at now. They they made so many changes recently. Yeah, I I just lost it all in my head. But uh, that Uncanny Avengers, I think it was Uncanny, where Cyclops and Magneto and Emma Frost were leading a new team. Oh, the Uncanny uh, Avengers. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I like oh, that. And I love that series. I thought Magneto was perfect in it. He got his own spinoff series, which mm-hmm. I thought was excellent. I haven't read that so, yet. 
Oh, he's such a conflicted really character, and it, it it's fantastic. I liked Magneto. I think it was in the Avengers X Men Axis thing. Uh, I want yeah. to say where. Yeah, I like that. Were they like he was part of that weird like he got flip flopped like on his morality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, I think he gathered up a bunch of villains. Yep. To take on the other yep. villains. Ooh, that was ooh, actually I know, a good oh no I'm series. thinking about ultimate never mind sorry <laughs> carry on I was gonna say what about that time that Magneto just flooded New York but I was like oh wait that's in the ultimate timeline <laughs> oh uh, yeah yeah I kept up with a lot of the X Men books during Marvel now and then when they just recently did the reboot I've kind of I've got them but I just haven't read them yet like I, it just exhausted me when they started over again and. Yeah, it's kept super up. exhausting. I really, I, yeah, I, I opened my, I wanted to read some X Men books, and Dave recommended me the X Men Apocalypse, and I, and I didn't quite make it, but I opened my uh, Marvel Now app, and, or not Marvel Now, but uh, Marvel Unlimited, and I was like, oh, oh my, look at all the X Men. I didn't even know where to begin. Like, yeah. There's an overwhelming amount of X Men. Well, let's start mm-hmm. with let's let's get into the history of the X Men. Let's start with saying that that's the big heavy, one of the big heavy hitters of Marvel. That's like one of their babies at the at the at the time. Uh, it was one of their biggest books, you know, big, biggest set of characters along with Spider Man. Um, I would say it was those two for a long time until like you know you know everybody knew who Captain America was, but the Avengers weren't a big deal um, globally as big a deal like yeah. the X-Men were because they had the cartoon and everything. And uh, the Avengers, I think took a second seat to the X-Men at one point, the X-Men were huge in the nineties. Uh, maybe yeah, it's that's just... why they pushed along Wolverine. Right. Uh, they had all the toys. I remember collecting all those X-Men toys back in the day and just needing to have all of them, even though Gambit's jacket was like made of this weird plastic thing. It was ripped every time you couldn't <laughs> keep it. You couldn't keep it. I had to buy a new Gambit like every month. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, they were huge at that point. Uh, they were created in 1963 by Stanley and uh, Jack Kirby, of course. It was X-Men number one, 1963. Uh, the original team, Justin, do you know? Beast, Angel, Iceman, and Cyclops. And? Well, Gene, it starts off with Gene, well, Professor X, and (laughs) then, like, Gene Gray shows up later. Right, Marvel Girl. Yeah. And uh yeah, Magneto is their first villain in that book. And it's it's a hard read. Go back and read X-Men 1 now. <laughs> okay. A, that's a tough oh, one. Well, it's unbearable. It's 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 a tough it's tough to get through, but uh yeah, the team obviously has evolved. Basically, it's you know, these are mutants with that were born with a new gene that gives them enhanced abilities and some of them don't discover it till they're teenagers, you know, part of the puberty thing. But <laughs> And they're they're kind of looked down upon in in the culture as being these people that could kill us all, and so they're kind of rejected. And you have the parallels with you know with with the, with the Nazis uh, and Jewish people and homosexuals, uh, or you know African Americans in society, or just straight up homosexuals in society. So you have this this they're all in one essentially with this group of mutants that are rejected by society. And so that's where a lot of people could gravitate towards with these characters. They can relate um, as mm. this, this group of heroes, even though that society hates them, they're protecting them against the evil version of them, which they're evil humans too. So there's no, there's no, 
no difference there. Yeah. Um, they're based out of Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters uh, in Westchester, New York. I, I think it's called. I think it's still called Xavier School. I, yeah. There's like a second uh, one that's Xavier's, called. Yeah. Uh, there's Xavier's School for the Gifted, or and I think the other one's like Xavier School for Gifted Mutants or Gifted Children. Like they're very similar. Right. Wasn't it? There, there was for a while a Gene Gray. That's version. what I thought. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. The Gene School. Yeah. I think that was during the Uncanny X Men series, and I don't right. know if it if it still exists, but that was the one that. Uh, um, was it Wolverine was Wolverine operating was the, it? The, yeah, and then Kitty Pride was there, and yeah, Storm. Yep, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll we'll try to make our way to that. That's a, that's a lot of X Men history to get to <laughs> to get towards. Uh so let's see. I guess from that, Matt, do you have any questions from just the beginning there? No. Okay. <laughs> all right so as, that's kind of all in like that first x-men movie that i saw yeah you kind of get that you know different characters obviously but yeah they yeah. started with with angel who's warren worthington the third uh the rich kid mm. bobby bobby drake Iceman, who at the mm-hmm. time is just like this kind of party kid like he you know he's kind of into girls a lot which well which not anymore. Let's. <laughs> That's true. We can get to that again into the future when we get to the present day versions because it's there's still both versions apparently, but the the present version of Iceman is not gay uh, apparently, or he's still he's still closeted and he just doesn't want to admit it. I don't understand how it works, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, they've they've grown a lot. A lot of people have come and gone from the X Men. Uh, Colossus, Storm, uh, Nightcrawler, uh, Wolverine obviously comes into play eventually. Uh, let's see, Banshee, Thunderbird, Sunfire, Havoc, Polaris. Boy. Uh, There's a lot of that. It's extensive. It's an extensive list. The X-Men grow by leaps and bounds. Like, (laughs) uh, Kitty Pride, aka Shadowcat, and she had a little dragon with her for some for quite some time. Uh, yeah, the Excalibur series where Lockheed was brought in. Lockheed, yep, that's it. Yeah, uh, Dazzler, Forge, Longshot. Some of these kind of branch off into like X Force, X Factor, that kind of stuff. Eventually, those characters go towards those teams. Psylocke, Rogue, uh, Rachel Summers, which we can get into that barrel of time travel in a minute. Mm. Jubilee, which was, she was the newest member when I got into X-Men. She was the, you know, if you watch the cartoons, you can see that happen. Uh, then they go to space and we meet more people. <laughs> the, let's see, let's see. Bad guys, some of my favorite bad guys. Uh, Apocalypse, obviously. Mr. Sinister is one of my favorites with my, you know, being Gambit. My favorite, Mr. Sinister is close to that. Uh, Sabretooth, you know, some Magneto. Uh, the Blob. The Blob. Pyro, what'd you say? Mystique. Yep. Yeah. The much better version of Mystique as a, as uh, a Candyman. Yep, Candyman. Would you consider the Morlocks bad guys? Oh, they're kind of. I mean, they were. Yeah. So the yeah, I mean, for the most man. part. They, they're, oh no, that's Fantastic that's Four. That's Fantastic Four. Oh, the other right. Fox property. Yes. Yeah. That's dying. Uh, the Brood. The, but the yeah, the Brood. The Sentinels. Sentinels, yes, that's a Sentinels, big one. Yeah. yeah. 
Hey, I got one. Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian, yeah, the, the Hellfire Club. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quicksilver was... and Scarlet Witch briefly. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. S- Scarlet Witch would eventually actually uh, not kill all mutants, or did she? She like got rid of their powers. No, she killed them. She killed them. them. That was it. That was it. Yeah. What was that? What book series was that? Was that Fear itself? Uh, House, House of, of M. M. House of M. House of M. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was when I stopped reading books, so I, I get that all confused. Stop reading all books altogether. None of them. No. Um, Illiteracy rocks, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The 90s were huge with like big crossover events. So that's like all the X-Men books coming together. So like the Extinction Agenda, uh, Muir Island Saga, Executioner's Song. These are good books if you want to read too. You should should check these out. Uh, Fatal Attractions, The Phalanx Covenant. Phalanx Covenant's a good one. Um, Age of Apocalypse, we talked about a little bit. Onslaught was okay. Uh, eh. I didn't really dig it that much, but um, yeah, the '90s you got the introduction of the newer, uh, I think, more popular characters like Gambit, Cable, Bishop. Um, yeah, uh, Emma Frost would eventually become a good guy. Yeah, Deadpool. She became a great, interesting character. Yeah, they've added yeah, a lot. Did. They've added a lot, lot of depth to that character. Uh, Deadpool was kind of an X Man, I guess. Well, yeah, his first introduction was in New Mutants, which right. is where he teamed up with Psylocke and Banshee. Uh, yeah, he's like supposed to be killing Cable, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the two thousands. This is where my memory gets kind of shady. Uh, other up until. Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men, which that's a great read, Matt, if you need something to read. Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men. Yeah, okay. that's a good read. Now, it's it's kind of jarring because you got to figure things out because you're kind of jumping into their timeline, you know? Mm-hmm. And things have happened, like Colossus was dead. And, uh, you know... Some... Isn't that when we meet his sister, Magic? Not in Astonishing X-Men, but it's soon okay. after. I think it's soon after that. All right. uh, I like magic, and I'm stoked she's going to be in the New Mutants sh- movie or show, or whatever they're doing. With whatever that thing is? <laughs> yeah, it's a movie, right? New Mutants? Uh, I heard it's it's going to be a movie now. It was originally going to be a TV series, but I think they switched it into a movie. Yeah, yeah. They got I thought that. they were doing X-Force as a movie. They are. They're doing that as well. Yeah, they're doing that too. <sighs> New Mutants is already like... What's the difference? They're all X-Men. Who cares? they <laughs> <laughs> They, they're they're doing what Marvel is doing with their Avengers. They, you know, there's the core Avengers uh, yeah. unit, you know, which encompasses all of the, the movies that we've seen so far. And uh, Fox is going to do the same thing with their X-Men. Yeah. They, they're going to do X-Force. They got um, New Mutants coming out, the future after Apocalypse. Um, I'm sure plenty <laughs> of solo movies are on their way. Oh, my. Yeah. The curious yeah. thing is if there'll be good solo movies. Right. <laughs> that is the question. They they've struck out right. twice. Yeah, twice, yeah. both times. And Never. to think they almost made a Magneto and a Storm solo flick. Oh, this. Well, yeah, I don't that know. Origins line was yeah. supposed to go to Magneto after Wolverine. Right. There are certain and then Storm after that. <laughs> lend themselves to their own solo films, and Storm doesn't strike me as one of them. I could see a Storm and our own little X Men unit. Right. 
with her being the central focus, uh, but definitely Magneto in his in his history lends itself to film. Although at this point it's kind of moot. They've already they've already they kind of covered it. Delve deep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Like Days they could. Future, I mean, Days of Future Past had a lot of it. I didn't see First Class, but I heard that her in between course, First uh, Class and Days of yeah. Future Past, you pretty much have the basis, a well, main core story of Magneto. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I also think the very first X Men film has probably the best Magneto scene, where you know he's in the concentration camp and or the ghetto or whatever it is, and he like goes nuts and mm-hmm. bends the fence. Which I think you see it like two more times in the movies. Like you see it in X Two again. Yeah, and then you see it in first class, right? In first yeah. class, they really like it's it. good. Yeah, 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 and I like how they extended it in first class to see a little bit further when he meets Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but in the nineties, they they split the teams when they started the books over again. They kind of rebooted a number one. Uh, I, I had, they had like five different color covers, which I have all of them still. I remember this is again when I got big into X Men. Uh, they had uh, the blue team and the gold team, blue team being led by Cyclops, and that was in the X-Men books, and then the gold team was in the Uncanny X-Men. So there's a chance they could do that with the movies, too, kind of split yeah. the teams. Two X-Men, you have, like, Amazing X-Men number one or, you know, whatever. I don't know. You do it like you do in the comics. I think Fox, if they did it right, could have a nice little MCU with just X-Men characters. If they did it right. Uh, yeah. But they won't. Just look at Fantastic Four and the fact, <laughs> the fact that they still want to make a Fantastic Four sequel. <laughs> like, I wonder how much of that is just is just talk. It's mostly the trying direct, to save face. It's like the producer, I think, that's talking about it. And it's Simon like, Kinberg. Yeah, just give it up, dude. Like you have other things to do. Worry about that stuff. Give give Fantastic plus Four Michael back. B. Plus Michael B. Jordan's now in Black Panther. Right. Yeah. Yeah, once you lose your, your Human Torch to Marvel, he's not coming back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so the 90s were big with the X-Men. You had the, the animated series, which kind of uh, gave you the introduction of Jubilee in an animated form, and it brought the Sentinels to the forefront, so everybody knew with that. They had a cool Dark Phoenix, or regular Phoenix saga, and then a Dark Phoenix saga, where you got to see all of that. You got to kind of see Days of Future Past in two episodes, which was cool because they kind of set X, uh, Gambit up to be the assassin that starts everything that happens in Days of Future Past, but it's actually, I think, Mystique posing as him. Uh, sorry, yeah. Sorry, guys. Spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right. Kind of, we'll, we'll jump to now. Or the, you know, 2010s, like the Marvel Now stuff. Uh, Xavier's dead. And he is killed. What? He was no. killed. <laughs> Spoilers, guys. Mm. He was killed by Cyclops. While oh, he was yeah, possessed the, by the Phoenix Force. Right. Yeah. Four other the four Avengers versus X Men. Yeah. Four or five other mutants were possessed by the Phoenix Force. I think yes. it's uh Yeah, there were five. Emma, Cyclops, Magneto, uh, Colossus, Colossus Magic. and Magic. Magic. Yeah, yeah. And that's why most of them are were part of the Uncanny X-Men or whatever it was at the time. They they went, except for Colossus, they went off and started their own school after they pretty, or Cyclops killed Xavier. Uh, and this is also kind of when the mutants are brought back, too. Or new mutants. Because there's a time in this period when mutants aren't being created anymore. 
Oh, it was uh, it was a uh, Namor. Namor, however you pronounce his name, he yeah, was the other. Namor. He was the other Phoenix. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Namor is a mutant, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and he like murders all of Wakanda. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It creates this great rift between Namor and uh, and Black Panther. Black Panther yeah. was a complete badass after that. Yeah, I mean, he was always oh, a badass. So. But- he had blood in his eyes, and it, and it only enhanced his character at that point. And uh, you have to assume that would cause a rift between him and his wife, Storm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It did. Uh, yeah, yeah kids, it eventually did. Kids, Storm married Black Panther in the comic books, but don't expect to ever see that, no matter how badly the, the kid that's playing Storm now wants it to happen. She's come out and said that she wants that to happen. <laughs> she says, I don't care if it's me or Holly Berry, but make it happen. Yeah, right. She's been living under a movie rock, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she gets it. Like, she knows the characters. That's kind of, you know, that's that's promising, at least. I think when you when you have an actor or actress, or, or I guess you have to say actor now? Yeah, right. If you have a performer yeah. who uh, who has such an affection for a character... You know, they're going around and, and telling all their friends about it. They're going to the news outlets and saying, I, I want to see this. I want the future of this. Yeah. Usually their performance pays off. Right. You look at Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, you absolutely. Look, you look at what you hear out of Channing Tatum and Gambit. He's a big fan of the character. So you hope that's what you get. And then you look at Ben Affleck and Batman. And you have to hope now that he has a little more control that the character comes into what he should know it should be. Ben, listen to us. Do the right thing, man. Uh, Make smart right. choices. That's right. The day Ben Affleck listens to this podcast is the day I stop making podcasts. Mm. No, it's the day you or keep, make more. Make your podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, we now bring you the Ben Affleck listen to Atomic Geekdom. <laughs> uh, Just keep dropping him like every right. five cents you know ben affleck listens to this show and <laughs> <laughs> uh no so now yeah we had the two factions wolverine leads in one school and then cyclops is leading another one the world hates mutants overall because of everything that cyclops and and that the rest of them did as members of the phoenix uh force thing and yeah it's just not good and they did the battle of the atom book which i enjoyed a lot too uh, which, I surprisingly was really into that. I, I thought I liked it a lot. It was what this is where the crazy stuff gets in because the Battle of the Atom book, Beast of Our Time, goes back in time to bring the first class students to the present to try and talk some sense into the present day mutants or X Men to say, hey, this is what we used to be all about. You know, they want it, and then also to teach those kids of what the future has in store for them. It wasn't meant to be a permanent thing, but guess what? It ended up being permanent so far, which begs the question, what kind of paradox has it created? Because the present day people have no memory of ever going to the future or haven't disappeared or anything because, uh, you know, they're in the future. Did that all make sense? I hope so, because my brain hurts now. (laughs) Well, it was a really, really good plan because time travel is always successful. Right. Which yeah. th- Every throw, time it's been attempted, it's yeah, worked they, out. They throw that in Beast's face every time. Like, oh, this is the dumbest thing you could have ever done. You're supposed <laughs> to be the smartest one of us. Uh, There's even, like, an issue where they're, I think it's later on, where they have, um, 
basically an intervention for Beast. Yeah. Because he just won't stop meddling with time travel. Right, right. I think that gets affected on the Avengers, too. That was when he went through his other transformation, too. He he went from being just... Yeah, yeah, from being just the regular, like, hairy beast into... He he looks more like a demon now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, he changes all the time. I mean, he originally just started as, like, a dude, right? Right, that's part of the transformations. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a phase... And then there's one where he looked like like a cat face. That's and the now Joss he has, like weird nub horns. Yeah, the cat face thing is during mm-hmm. the Joss Whedon run that I told you to read. Oh, uh, okay. And I think that's more of an artist choice. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I I think it was touched on actually in in the in the comic universe. I think it oh, was okay. a point of reference that Beast's facial features had changed even more. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yes, in the Marvel Now part or the Battle of the Atom, all these 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 characters, Angel, uh, Gene, Bobby, Scott, and Hank, uh, Beast, are here now, and they're stuck. Apparently, Cyclops wants nothing to do with the world because he sees what he becomes, and he leaves with his father, Corsair. And they go off in space the for a while. The space pirate. The spa- Corsair, the space pirate. Oh man, I can't wait till he's in a movie. Oh god, no! <laughs> With his cuffed <laughs> boots and yeah. Oh no! It's gonna happen, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sean. it can be done. Well, I hey, think they can do it if they do the Phoenix Saga the way it's supposed to be. Man, you bring in. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm salivating <laughs> at it now. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, so so. Past Cyclops goes off for a while. Gene and everybody are kind of come to terms with everything that's going on because Gene now realizes she has this amazing potential, and it scares her. Um, Angel begins a relationship with X twenty three, which is the clone of Wolverine, but it's a female, and she has only two blades. And I like her and so- feet blades. Feet blades. Yeah, I don't really care for those, but. I do enjoy that character way more than Logan. I don't know why, but I do. And I really hope the movie is segue to her now that Hugh Jackman's done. I just think it would be cool to see. And I think the girl from Orphan Black should play her. And I want that to happen so bad. Do you think that your dislike of Wolverine is related at all to the films? Or was it from the comics you didn't like No, it was before that. Like, I I hated him in the cartoons. I didn't mind him in the in the cartoons or the comics, but when he became the focal point of the movies, that didn't help. <laughs> I had a lot of respect for Hugh Jackman, and I do enjoy his Wolverine. But Wolverine, you know, the, the comics aren't called Wolverine and and his amazing friends with other powers. It it's the X Men. It's about the whole team, and totally so agree. Kind of kind of soiled me for him. Right, and they they yeah. made it all about him because it's a money thing, and he's the the pop more you know the, the money character. I get it. I'm not dumb. But anyway, so yeah, Angel, Angel and X twenty three start a relationship, uh, and then at some point, Gene outs Iceman as being a homosexual. He's having this thought wow. or something, and she accidentally reads him from afar. Yeah, and, he's like, he's he's thinking about Angel, and G, young past Gene, it goes in the past Iceman's mind, and is like, wait a minute. Yeah, she pulls him aside, and they have a little conversation. And that was yeah. the that was the finale of um, Uncanny X Men, wasn't it? It was totally yeah, the end of that, that whole yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. And because then right after that was Secret Wars. 
Right. And then he confronted older Iceman and was like, hey, yeah. I'm gay. Are you? And older Iceman's like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind that, that young no, no. Iceman is gay at all. I, th- I actually think it's really interesting if the older version of Iceman is not. So you have the same character, essentially, well, like but whole, they completely like a, different personalities. Yeah. And I mean, there was like a whole thing, I guess that they were talking about about the whole time paradox and how um I guess Beast explained that the reason why like certain aspects of the characters are slightly different is they're not from the same timeline. They're actually right. from an adjacent timeline, so it wouldn't completely destroy theirs. Yeah. Which is why in like which is why older Iceman is not a homosexual, but young Iceman is. Yeah, they had to explain that because otherwise it makes kind of no sense. It yeah. doesn't make much sense to me anyway. <laughs> right, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm it's time. That. It's time travel. It, right. it messes everything up. Yeah. Uh, that takes me to kind of the present. Uh, Wolverine's dead, by the way, at this point in the comic books. Uh, old which Man. is a great read. I like Very, very poignant death. I bought those books. Yes. And I hate Wolverine. That, that'll tell you something. So... I it's enjoyed. a really well done. Like the yeah. whole Death of Wolverine story is like I was shocked at how awesome it was. Four books, I think, four or five. Four, uh, four or five. Yeah, they're 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 the kind of bigger sized books too, so you get a lot of a story out of it, and a lot of characters come and go in those books, and I enjoyed it a lot. So, and I, again, that's coming from a Wolverine hater. So check those out if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt, you'll love it. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, especially since you like that stupid character. Because I hope. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Not> much hate. <laughs> but Wolverine is not gone from the comic books at this point because old man Logan is around for some reason. Secret yeah. Wars. Because of Secret Wars, Wars yeah. He's, yeah. He's part, he gets talked into it by young Gene. Guys, Marvel is so stupid. Why can't they just make <laughs> it all normal? I'm just kidding. Marvel's not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> This is the all new, all different Marvel now that we're getting into, which the books are now, there's three books, all new X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, and Extraordinary X-Men, which is, yeah, they are, but they're not, the whole point is now mutants are now sort of banned or have their own universe kind of deal. And there's a way to kill them all using Terrigimus. Yes. So Inhumans. the, I'm, yes. gonna, I'm gonna cut you off because this makes Inhumans. Yeah, go for it. I love the original idea of the Inhumans, like the royal family and everything. Like I like that idea. Now Inhumans are mutants. Essentially, they have taken the place yes. of the X Men. They are now the version of the X Men that should be the X Men right now. I, yeah, it's bullcrap. It's really irritating, and the the reason is they don't want Fox to get new mutants. So they're not yes. allowed – the writers of X-Men are not allowed to create new mutants anymore. Right. Uh, which is why it's there's the ridiculous. whole there's the whole storyline of there's no more mutants being discovered. Like they talk about it and, in the books. Yeah, and, and and why part members of the X-Men now are parts of other books. Like right. Uncanny, Uncanny Humans has Beast and, and Johnny Storm. Right. And, what I do – the only thing I did like throughout that entire run before All New All Different – was the crossover between the X-Men and the Guardians. I loved those books. 
Nope. Uh, was that the one with the, al- the Alpha Omega Force thing? Yeah. Well, first they did the Trial of Jean Grey, where they crossed over. Yeah. That was fantastic. And that was the Trial of Young Jean Grey, because the... Oh. I, can't, I can't remember who comes to get her, but the one they realize there's a new Jean Grey and that she could be the Phoenix, they come to get her. And Gladiator. Yes, yes. And the Guardians are there, they're kind of there for the ride. And uh, a great, because it sets up an amazing, and I'm not a shipper by any means, it sets up the amazing romance of Star-Lord and Kitty Pride, which I love. Yeah. It's a great relationship. Um and then, and then they, they came across the Black Vortex. That's it. The Black Vortex. <laughs> We're losing you, Matt, at all? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, Black, maybe. Kind of. The Black Vortex. I think even if you've read the comics yeah. from the beginning, it's still <laughs> confusing. We'll, we'll close up pretty quick here on the comics. The Black Vortex is like this cosmic force that if you touch it, it or it shows your reflection. Something like that. I'm trying to remember. But you get it's, these. It shows you the, it shows you a alternate, like, what you have the capability right. of becoming your full potential. Yes. Um, and I think angel touches it. So he's got this, these super enhanced powers. Uh, he's got fire wings. Yeah, dude. He's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gamora touches it. Yep. From the guardians. And then kitty touches it because she has to save everybody. She doesn't want to, but she becomes like this huge, like ultimate being. Um, but I can't remember how they get that out away from her because she's normal again now. And actually, Star Lord does the whole romance thing. That's yeah. like you can talk to me through your heart. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, it got me. It worked on me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, she's actually Star Lord's not in the Guardians of the Galaxy, as far as I've read. She's the leader of the Guardians, which now includes Thing and Venom. By the way. Yeah, they're they're shifting things around. Everything's all over the place. It, right. It, it doesn't. Uh, it's not the X Men and the Avengers anymore. It's no. which is okay it's, to an extent. I mean, right. when you convolute it, it's no fun. I like that but, they capitalize on the success of Guardians because let's be honest. If even if you were a fan of Guardians before the movie, so many they did a good job with the movie, and now you have a chance to make better comics for that 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 property. And they were doing a good job of it before they, you know, did this weird split thing. And I kind of don't mind it. It's the books have been okay still, even after the fact. I kind of don't really care for Thing or Venom, so like get him away well, from my team. Well, Venom is now off. He's he's now like partially that, and then he has his own book called Venom Space Knight. Yeah, and it's it's eh is, as a comic, but the it's, whole treatment of the thing is probably the worst I've ever seen. It's basically the things on vacation to rethink his life. So he goes to space to join the guardians. Right. Yeah. I don't, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I have nothing to say about it. Like, and then the venom isn't, it's not Eddie Brock venom. It's uh, flash Thompson, right? Yeah. It's flash Thompson, yes. but there's like a whole story arc way before that of how he got the venom, which is actually his own standalone book. Venom. Yeah. From, the 2000s is actually really good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Cause he loses a leg, right? Both he, of them. Well, he Both lost of them. his yeah. legs yeah. and he becomes kind of really dependent on the symbiote. Right. And, uh, and it kind of, be, it's like, it, it becomes like a whole thing, oh. but that was before he goes to space. And then you realize that the whole venom symbiotes planet is just yeah. basically a, a, a giant like peace planet of symbiotes that find the perfect host. So they can bring world peace uh-huh. and, le- and find the wrong host. Then you have what Eddie Brock Venom right. or Carnage. 
right. We're and way it was, yeah, that ruined it for me. Yeah, I got I'm with you there. All right. We're way off track. Back to X-Men. Okay. Uh, anything you guys want to include on the X-Men comic book talk? You have any questions, Matt? Mm, yes, but, <laughs> you know, a lot. So, yeah. You got one overriding Oops. one that's bothering you? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Sir, we'll probably cover some random stuff of this to, in our podcast when we do tomorrow. Probably. All right. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump to the movies since we're we're getting low on time. Yay. All right. Uh, I still remember how excited I was when they announced that they were making an X-Men movie back in like 1999. I couldn't wait. And then I saw it and I was happy. I first glance, I liked it a lot. In 2000, I don't know. When I first saw it, did you get, were you guys happy with it? Yeah. It was one of those. It was one of those films where, like, because it was at the stage where we didn't see a lot of, like, the comic movies weren't huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting for what it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, you had, they took some liberties, of course. They took, like, the Kitty Pride or Jubilee character, they turned into Rogue. This new character that they're bringing in, they made it Rogue. And they made Rogue a, like, 16-year-old kid, which, as a Gambit fan, I was not happy about the proceedings of that character. <laughs> uh, you still had Cyclops being the leader. You saw Gene with him, and then you had this stupid romance between Wolverine and Gene. Uh, you had Storm with an accent uh, mm-hmm. for this this version. For a while. And then Xavier, which at the time, man, you thought Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman were born to play those roles. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, absolutely. It was brilliant. And then, uh, yeah, and then in the villains, you had had the Brotherhood. You had Mystique, Magneto, Sabretooth, and Toad, played by by Darth Maul. Yep. Ray Ray Park? Yep, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you watch it now and you're like, oh man, I remember this era of movies. They all looked the same. They all felt the same. But this was, you can go to Blade, I guess, too. But for me, this is, the comic book movie started with X-Men. Yeah. They kind of gained their momentum from X-Men and then it went to Spider-Man. And then you got Fantastic Four. And... Yeah, the, the bar was really low for superhero movies. Right. And, and yeah. X-Men set the bar high. And, and give, then Spider-Man set it higher. Right. Give Blade a lot of credit because those were decent movies for a comic book character I that like those. nobody cared about. The first and second yeah. one, th- those are both very good movies, I yes. think. Yes, yeah. I would agree. I haven't watched the third one a lot or often, so I need to go back and take a look at it. I don't remember it being very good, though. But it had Ryan it, Reynolds. It seemed like somebody just wanted to have fun with that movie. Right, with Ryan Reynolds, Patton Oswalt, uh... Triple H from the WWF (laughs) (laughs) and a Chihuahua. Uh, Yes. Okay. So yeah, 2000, we got X-Men and it introduced us to these, these, these characters. Uh, You got a little bit of Iceman, which they made the relationship, you know, whatever. Anyway, Gambit was considered (laughs) to be a character and he was thought to be the young kid playing on the basketball court, but then, you know, whatever. I was angry. It, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> anyway, so we got X Men Two, and that gave us Nightcrawler, an yes. excellent Nightcrawler. Yeah, that first that yeah. that first scene. Oh no, 
You didn't like that first scene in the White House? <sighs> okay. Considering I just, I've been binge watching yeah. all the X-Men movies for these reviews. You have a bad taste uh, in your mouth. It's, it's, well, here's, it's like pulling fingernails. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. So like Nightcrawler was the main reason I was super excited when the second movie came out. Yeah. And at the time, Alan Cumming as Nightcrawler made perfect sense. At the time, it did. At the time. <laughs> now, watching it, I was like, I was like, there were so many, like, they made him so creepy in the beginning when they didn't have to be. Yeah. And some of the, like, the, like, some of the paint job and the hands, those hands, it was just <laughs> so, yeah. It's just so meh. <laughs> I gotcha. I, I, I could see that upon reflection. I, I definitely yeah. agree with you at the time. He, he was, he was a great choice. Right. I, I didn't like some of the choices they made, but I remember walking out of the theater just in awe, uh, as to how they pulled off the, the, um, White House scene. Yeah. Yeah. Just had bamfing. Yeah. Oh man. The bamfing was perfect. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And that's. The- that was the one thing I gave credit to in my review on that is for the for the effect effect wise for the second movie like that was actually not it, it still kind of holds up a little bit especially right. like especially the mist into the bamf for Nightcrawler but like just looking back on it it was just like it was kind like the character itself was just so kind of out of place for what he's supposed to be yeah yeah uh matt any questions on what bamfing is no i got it i I saw that movie okay cool yeah <laughs> uh bamf is also a character now in the x-men movies he's aren't little... they the mini nightcrawlers yeah and they have one that they use like with them like beast has yeah, a, pet, has a pet what yeah they're yeah they're like mini there's like uh, there was like a hive of them yeah, they're they like, running. They're running all over the mansion for a long time. Yeah, and now it looks like there's just the one. Um, weird. Yeah. Oh, good to note that the director of the first two X Men movies is Brian Singer. Keep that in mind as we go forward here. Okay, so that yeah, X X Two or X Men United, whatever people want to call it, was widely probably the more popular of the X Men movies. Uh, I think people like that one a lot more. Or, I, yeah. I think it was considered the pinnacle of superhero films God. at the time that it came out. Right, because not soon after, like, Spider-Man, you got, like, Sin City and Batman Begins came out, like, at the same time. And that then the bar was raised. Uh, I You know, I really liked Sin City, but... Sin City was good. I really yeah, I liked enjoyed it. That. Yeah, and then, of course, Still Batman. not seen the sequel. Uh, you don't have to. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Uh, it's worth seeing, I guess, if you like. It's the- worth a one-time watch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then, yeah, X-Men The Last Stand was being produced, and it was being directed by Brett Ratner. If you don't know who Brett Ratner is, <laughs> Brett Ratner is the man that brought you Rush Hour. Uh, he also, to his credit, brought you Prison Break, which is a great show. I don't know how much he had to do with it. He's, he's just a producer on that, I think, but he's part of that. He also, I think, produced the Horrible Bosses movies, which are also good. Anyway, but he directed The Family Man and Red Dragon as well as the Rush Hour movies, and I like The Family Man. I didn't see Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. I, li- I really liked Red Dragon. Okay. Yeah, Red Dragon's good. And the Rush Hour films have their merits, but he did a number 
on the X-Men franchise and it, <laughs> it kind of has stuck with him. And I don't know who you can blame for it because they wanted to throw, and this is what Apocalypse might run into, they wanted to throw every mutant in this movie that they could. They combined two storylines from the comic books, the Dark Phoenix Saga and Gifted from Joss Whedon's books, where there's a cure. Uh, Singer left... What, Justin? I was going to say, it wasn't like the kid's name Leech or Legion or something like that? I think it's Leech. Leech. Yeah. Is it Leech? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Singer left to go Superman, to do Superman Returns, which we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Matthew Vaughn, (laughs) Matthew Vaughn, who did X-Men First Class, was supposed to do it, but left because of personal professional issues. And then Ratner took over. And the list of mutants. Okay. So in this movie, you have Wolverine, Storm, Magneto, Phoenix, then Dark Phoenix, which she's not Phoenix very long. Uh, Rogue, Beast, Cyclops dies in the beginning. Xavier dies in the beginning. Mystique, Iceman, Pyro, Juggernaut, uh, Kitty Pride, Angel is a character played by a great actor who's wasted in this movie, Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Uh, Kalisto, yeah. Kalisto's in this movie. Uh, let's see here. Trask is in this still. Colossus is in it again. Multiple Man is in it. Uh, she's not Juggernaut. Na- Juggernaut. She's not named, but Psylocke is in it. Kid Omega is in it. Leech, like we just said. Uh, Jubilee is in it with like no speaking role. Uh, there's actually the, the Stepford Cuckoos are in it in the background. Those are three girls that are like Emma Frost's protégés. Uh, they got this little cameo. <laughs> and then there's a Sentinel in the beginning, which is just like... What a tease. Yeah, exactly. That what? was a tease. That's so messed up. You just do the Sentinel story. Like, yeah. do, do the Sentinel story or give us a real Danger Room sequence. Like Every X-Men fan has been waiting for the Danger Room to be brought into the movie. And then they did it, and then it's gone. That's it. We're done. And, and where did the Sentinel come from? It's not like they, they set it. Right. A- set it up in any of the previous films. You have to have a background for creating this scenario. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, I wonder how much of this story was in place before Singer left to go do Superman. And then, I mean, I, I, I'll never vouch for Brett Ratner, yeah. but I wonder how much of the studio was involved with this film. When, when Singer left, I would assume that the studio said, all right, Singer, do your third movie. You did us, did us good on the first two. Do whatever you want. And then when he left, maybe they felt like they had to here, assert some more control. Here you go. Here you go. I've got the answer for you. By the, oh. ti- by the time of his departure, Singer had only produced a partial story treatment with X2 screenwriters Dan Harris and Michael Daltrey, who accompanied him to Superman Returns. The treatment, which I'm already wishing they'd done this, focused on Jean Grey's resurrection, which also introduced the villainous Emma Frost, a role, uh, JD, if you're listening, you, you're going to cry that, that this didn't happen, a role intended for Sigourney Weaver. Ooh. Frost was an empath, oh. Frost was an empath manipulating Jean's emotions in the treatment, and like the finished film, Magneto desires to control her. Overwhelmed by her powers, Jean kills herself, but Jean's spirit survives and becomes a godlike creature, which Daughtry compared to the star child in A Space Odyssey. Okay, hmm. um, that why that that really I would have been way more into it. If <laughs> that was though, it, like the entire movie was that. Right, right. Okay, hang on. There's more. Oh, oh no. Uh, let's see. 
New contracts for returning cast members were made as the actors and actresses had signed for only two movies. Hugh Jackman's contract included the approval of director, initially offering the position to future Wolverine director Darren Aronofsky. I think he directed one of the Wolverine movies. He directed the um, the the Wolverine. The Wolverine, yeah. I think, okay. didn't he? Yeah, I think because Ga- yeah. Gavin Hood did Origins. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he did the second one. Uh, Joss Whedon, whose comic book Gifted was integrated integrated into the script's pilot, uh, plot, turned down the offer because he was working on Wonder Woman at the time. Everybody remember that time period when Joss was making the Wonder Woman movie and everybody wanted to see it? I do. No. I still wish it had yeah. happened. He left because creative differences. With creative him. differences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob Bowman and Alex Proyas were also rumored to be approached, but uh, let's see. Proyas personally turned it down, citing feuds with Fox uh, president while producing iRobot. I and Zack Snyder was also approached, but he was already committed to the 300. In February 05, no director hired. Fox announced a May 5th, 2006 release with no director filming to start shooting in July of 2005. One month later, the studio signed Matt Vaughn to direct, uh, pushed the release date three weeks to Memorial Day. Vaughn cast Kelsey Grammer as Beast and Vinnie Jones as Juggernaut, but family issues led him to withdraw before leaving, before filming began. Vaughn was also cautious of the tight deadlines imposed by Fox, stating that he didn't have time to make the movie I wanted to make. It sounds uh, like the studio directed this movie, and yeah. Brett Ratner just rolled the camera. Yeah, here the final like. final bit here. Brett Ratner, who was previously considered direct X Men in '96, replaced Vaughn during pre production. Ratner said he was surprised to get an invitation, as he thought he would have no chances on doing a comic book film after the canceled Superman Flyboy movie he was going to do. With a limited knowledge of the X Men mythos, obviously Ratner trusted his writers on doing something faithful to the comics, having the script drawing all of its scenes from the original Marvel publications. So. There you go. He had no idea of the source material. Mm. Superman Fly was the J.J. Abrams movie that was going to be made that I think Ratner was going to direct. Yeah, the last name was Garbage. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Again, go to AtomicGeekum.com and check out all of Justin's retro reviews of the X-Men films. This one is more of him just yelling. (laughs) <laughs> it really is it's like the first the first two are like or the first two reviews are like all right it's kind of going through it and then the third one is literally it's me just be like no stop it just stop this movie right now yeah yeah oh i, I forgot to mention holly berry and storm lost her accent in the second movie and she's beyond the character of storm in this third movie and the only reason she did is because this movie is because catwoman bombed and she demanded that her character be a, play a bigger role in this movie. Yeah. And the direct and Brett Ratner was like, yeah, totally. That's it. Catwoman didn't do well. I <laughs> yeah, I know. It's surprising. Oh, I thought it was great. I don't remember there ever being a Catwoman movie ever. Not ever. <laughs> I remember there being a woman, uh, a movie about a woman who almost died and then was magically brought back to life by kitty cats. Right. Remember that one? Yeah. yeah. She looked, she dressed like a cat with leather and stuff. That's about it. I remember the poster. Uh, anyway, after this movie, X-Men Origins Wolverine was made and then that sucked. Um, that was in 2009, which they gave you, they gave yeah. the fans what they wanted, I guess. The people wanted to see how Wolverine became Wolverine. 
And in that movie, we've got uh, a terrible Deadpool and a terrible Terrible Gambit. Everything. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't mind. I didn't mind either actor playing Deadpool or Gambit, but they just weren't allowed to do what they should be doing. And poor writing, I think, for sure. Poor writing. And then we. I feel like they just wanted to knock out a, a. an origin, a Wolverine origin so yeah. quick because he was, he was their poster boy right. for the X-Men films. Yeah. I remember back then that being planned and then the X-Men origins Magneto movie. I don't remember the storm one, but I did do remember the Magneto one being in the plans. The storm one was just like, they were throwing around the idea. Yeah. Um, and then we got X-Men first class, which brought Matthew Vaughn back into the picture. Cause he, I believe directed it. Yeah. He directed it. Um, and had a hand in writing it. And then he left to go do, I think, Kick-Ass, right? For, instead of doing Days of Future Past? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know what he did instead of, it. it's, yeah. I would think it'd be weird for him to turn down an X-Men sequel for Kick-Ass. Did he really? Let's find out. I'll look it up here. Uh, but I liked First Class. Uh, I, I enjoyed that movie because I thought that was like a, the reboot. I thought they were starting over, and I thought, yes, get the timeline right this time, because it's so bad in the in the other trilogy, but... Yeah, I was very skeptical when I went in. Um, I, I'll go on, I will go on record as saying that I don't really have a lot of love for the entire X-Men franchise. <laughs> I really like certain elements of it. Um, I, 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 upon reflection, as I've gotten older and, and, and more versed in the comic lore, I, I've grown a little distant between X-Men and X-Men 2. Yeah. Just because of the the changes, the the unnecessary changes to me, and then after the horrible X stand and, and Origins, I was I was going into the movie expecting to hate it, mm-hmm. and I was very surprised when I walked out. And and even though there were a lot of continuity issues and a lot of changes made from the source material, I felt like the the heart of the X Men was in that movie, right? And so I was very surprised to enjoy it. Yeah. Matt, I'd like to know what you thought of First Class. I didn't see First Class. Well, it's so, it's one of the only ones I haven't seen. I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen The Wolverine. I think those are the only two I haven't seen. Well, the Wolverine's worth seeing. I'll give it that. Yeah. If you watch the director's cut. Yeah, watch the director's cut. Uh, I, I said worth seeing, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> Once. Well, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. The Wolverine movie... Actually, I was like really into it until they introduced Silver Samurai. Yeah. And it took me completely out of it. And then it felt like Origins again. Yeah. And it went straight back into Origins. Just like, okay, what what happened? Like I was into it. What's the character's name? That The, the girl, the, the diseased lady? Uh, Viper. Viper, yeah. yeah. I, liked, I liked that. Like if, that had, if she had been the main antagonist, that would have been just fine. Perfect. Yeah, but no, gotta make a giant robot and call him Silver Samurai. <laughs> and he showed up out of nowhere too. I th- I he haven't really watched the film in a while, but I remember when he showed up. I'm like, where's this guy showing up out of nowhere? It was like the Sentinel in X Men Three. Like he gotta build up to it in some way. Maybe there's some yeah, lore yeah. of the Silver Samurai, and he's right. integrated into the history. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found. Vaughn left because he wanted to do, and it's a great movie, he wanted to focus on Kingsman, The Secret Service. Mm. I love that movie. It took me a long time to watch it. Amazing movie. 
I still have to watch that. So good. As far as the fight scene, everything was good about that movie. Like, again, I hesitated. Like, I really didn't care. It ended up being really good. Um, all right. And then we got uh, Days of Future Past, which I was stoked for because that's one of my favorite books. Uh, we get some future work. We get actually the original cast working with the <coughs> new cast. And I I liked it a lot. I don't know. What do you guys? I love it. It's my favorite X-Men movie. Oh, I love the passion behind your voice, Matt. It's true. I, mean, I, it I is. believe you. I believe you. <laughs> um, I, I loved it as well. It, it, it's also my favorite X-Men movie. And, and again, I'm very skeptical because I thought Matthew Vaughn did a great job with First Class. And then when they brought Brian Singer back, a guy who I, until mm-hmm. uh, until that movie, really felt like he didn't fully understand the mythos of the X-Men. I felt he should have just stuck to TV and made House. and <laughs> <laughs> More House. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was very surprised to enjoy that one as well. Justin, I don't want you to say what you thought of Days of Future Past because I want people to go to atomicheam.com and read about it. I just want to say one thing about it. All I right. won't go too much into it. It's the main, It's one of the few nitpicky things. Okay. Why did Kitty Pride have the ability to send Wolverine back? Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. This That's a, all I'm going to say. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about these people's powers much. Kitty Pride has the ability to phase through objects. Period. End of story. <laughs> right? Am I missing anything? That's yeah. that's no, what no, she no, does. Right. And she can that's talk it. to a dragon. I mean, yeah. th- that's it. And in this movie, she can somehow move your mind into the past. Only a few moments for Bishop. But in the case of Wolverine, because he can heal, she can move him all the way back to the 70s. It makes no sense. Right. Did any of you see the Rogue Cut? No, I no. just watched the Rogue Cut I just, a couple yeah, days ago. I watched it, too. I didn't mind it because she should be in the story. It makes no sense for her to not be in it. Uh, even though we find out at the end of Last Stand that she gives up her abilities. But in this movie, she has them again, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically her role is at one point Kitty gets hurt and she can't do it anymore. So what does Rogue's ability allow her to do? Borrow, Copy. take power. Yeah, take borrow, the, borrow powers that even if mutants don't have those exact powers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow Kitty's been able to uh, work and m- make <laughs> this ability happen out of her phasing ability, and then Rogue's able to just copy that and do it like yep. well mm. without any practice she can just exactly jump. yes exactly um, um now in the comics didn't kitty pride was able to phase herself back into her younger body right, right. so it was like an kitty extension pride of her powers back. what Justin? Yeah, well like kitty pride, in the comics kitty pride was sent back yeah right but she Wait, because of her right because she can phase yeah. into her her younger self Right, so that was so that was because Kitty Pryde was actually the one who finds, I believe, it's Wolverine in the past, right, to mm-hmm. get her to help. I'm like, this is Wolverine in his past body, yeah, kind of. Deep. So, all right, let's talk about this movie. A, <laughs> let's talk about this movie a little bit. I want to talk about the production because a lot of crazy stuff happened that I didn't know about. So, Simon Kimberg uh, wrote this movie uh, by himself, which is always nice to have one writer. Um, I lost my place. Okay. Said the main focus of this film was the future. With the use of cast members from the original trilogy and first class, they had to decide the sequel's destination. In preparing for the film, 
Kimberg studied, studied films about time travel, including Back to the Future, Terminator, Terminator 2. Singer originated a philosophy and a set of rules for the time travel in the film, so the story would be as plausible as possible. So always good to set your time travel rules beforehand. Always good. Uh, according to Kinberg, as they were writing the script, they thought it was sensible that Wolverine was traveling between time periods because of his ageless look and ability to heal rapidly. Perfectly understandable. He further stated of making Wolverine the time traveler, we made the decision for a lot of reasons. He's the protagonist of the franchise. Yes, these are all, it might as well be Wolverine 1, 2, 3, 4, you know, that's all. He's the, he's the protagonist of the franchise and probably the most beloved character to a mass audience. Oh, it hurts to say it. But it's true. Uh, Kinberg and Vaughn considered Bishop and Cable candidates for the role of the time traveler. Kinberg said Rachel Summers was in the first draft of the script. Uh, Rachel Summers is the future child of Scott Summers and Jean Grey. One of their many. Including Cable. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kinberg said Rachel Summers was in the first draft of the script. She sent Wolverine back to 1973. Would have made so much more sense. Uh, you could have just made up a character that could do that. Uh, the character was later replaced with Kitty Pride, to whom Kimberg gave a secondary power of sending people's consciousness into the past. <laughs> Here, you can just have that. Hey, there you go, Justin. Yay! <laughs> Sat- satisfied? And then... I'm, I'm satisfied now. <laughs> <laughs> Jug- Juggernaut, Jubilee, Nightcrawler, and Psylocke were also considered for the film. Oh, hmm. But what's great about this movie is... It resets the original three and erases them. Essentially. Anything that yeah. happens after this point is supposed to be new. It was the build-up right. for the new series. Right. They can start over. We don't have to have Holly Berry as Storm anymore. Sadly, we won't get Hugh Jackman anymore. But it was announced that he wouldn't be in Apocalypse. Spoiler alert, he was in the last trailer. Uh, or I, mean, I think he's got a cameo. At least his claw was. Yeah. I think, yeah, that it's the Weapon X time frame, so that's what we're going to see, I think. Hey, yeah, kind of makes sense. At least he's not the star. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Um, oh, it's all mystique. Okay, yeah, let's... <laughs> Alright, well, let's talk about Apocalypse now. We're going to wrap up by getting you caught up with the new characters of the next movie. So Apocalypse is going to have... James McAvoy returning as Xavier, Michael Fassbender returning as Magneto. Yes, boys, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. I know Woo! you guys, you two don't like her. Woo! Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Holt returning as Beast. I like that casting. He's done a good job so far. Uh, Rose Byrne as Moira McTaggart, which in the comic books, she's got a relationship with Xavier as well. So that's nice to see kind of blossoming, even though she lost her memory in first class, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Evan Peters is returning as Quicksilver. Everybody loved the Quicksilver scene. I hated it. (laughs) But here's the thing. It's not not that I favor the Avengers one, because I hated that one, too. Sure. I hate Quicksilver. Which, by the way, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did the exact same thing to a character with the exact same powers. I'm just... Yep. If you're watching, no, if you're watching Agents of Shield, sorry. Oh, such bullshit! The MCU hates speedsters. Yeah, they really do. (laughs) Oh no! And she was a cool character. I liked her. She really was. I actually really liked that whole. I'm not even getting started, but Yo Yo was awesome. Of the Inhumans, she's the only one I liked. Yes, I agree with that. They all sucked. Um, They did. 
and it has nothing to do with my my stance against Inhumans currently. <laughs> like I would have, they just all the Inhumans they had were terrible. Right, right. Anyway, uh, we're gonna see the return of Lucas Till as Havoc. He was in first class, I think, briefly. Yeah, briefly in Days of Future Past, he gets freed from the military camp by Mystique. Um, the return of William Stri- young William Stryker. And that's it for return and Wolverine. Uh, introduced, we are getting introduced to N. Sabanur Apocalypse, which we saw in the credit scene of X-Men Days of Future Past, and I was floored. Apocalypse is awesome. He is technically the first mutant, and I don't know, what else do you guys want to say about it without kind of possibly giving away spoilers? Him or, or, or the movie? Uh, the character. He's, um, oh boy. (laughs) Well, he he usually runs around with the four horsemen. Um, and that would be pestilence, famine, death, and war. Um, in the comics, he, um, he, he essentially, his goal is to reshape the world. Right, uh, and it seems like that's that's his goal now. Is he, he wakes up in, in the comics, he he's um, entombed, and then in in uh, the Age of Apocalypse, and then in this movie, it seems like he wakes up and and, and he um, drafts his four horsemen, and its goal is to uh, destroy. My guess is destroy humanity yeah. for mutant kind. Rebuild. Yeah, he rebuild. Wants to rebuild. Okay. So mutants can have a place in the world. Right. We're going to, again, we're going to avoid spoilers. None of us have seen it, and I don't think any of us have read spoiler reviews. Anyone? No. No, I stay away. Okay, cool. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to avoid spoilers. Now, we do know from the trailers who his horsemen are, and that's Psylocke, Storm, Archangel, and eventually Magneto is being talked into it, it looks like. Based on the trailers. Psylocke. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, we get we get reintroduced to Storm, who's being played by Alexandra Ship, and she's got the Mohawk. Yay! Wasn't that, from the, wasn't that from the when she became a vampire? That I thought Jubilee became the vampire. Well, no, in an earlier one, I think yeah, Storm becomes a vampire in um, uh, what is it? One more night or something like that. I don't know some vampire-based X-Men book. Ugh. I don't remember how <laughs> she got it, but I know I like her with it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm down with the Storm Mohawk. Right. Uh, okay. So yeah, we get Storm. We get uh, hopefully a cooler version or a, a more lengthy version of Angel um, slash Archangel, played by Ben Hardy. Uh, oh, by the way, Apocalypse is being played by Oscar Isaac. And he's a phenomenal actor. He is. And mm-hmm. you saw him recently as Poe Dameron. In uh, other movie, I highly recommend you see with him in it. Yeah, he's the main. Please he's the it. main character. Is a. Oh, I hope I say it. Say is it. a as a inside Lewin Davis. Oh no, that's not the one I was thinking of. But that's also. What movie were you, were you thinking? Ex Machina. Yeah. Because I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's my favorite movie of 2015. Yeah, you got to see Ex Machina. Oh, so yeah. damn good. I, but I, I also Lewin agree. It's really good. Inside Lewin Davis is great too. Yeah. Uh, so is Force Awakens, kids. If you haven't seen that one yet, crickets. 
<laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> no. Well, uh, yeah, I've seen it. I know. We've all seen it. That was the joke. That was good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, reimagine. Oh, Psylocke. We're seeing uh, officially. I, I'm going to say for the first time, she was in the Last Stand, but it didn't matter. This is going to be Psylocke, and again, played by an actress who knew the character and wanted to be as as close to the character as possible. So she had she was teaching them what the character should be based upon, like with the sword and the, and the telepathic sword blade and everything. So uh, she trained hard for this role and. I can't wait to see it because she looks amazing. And the costume looks great too, by the way. She's got probably the most comic accurate costume X-Men has done. Yes. Oh, Olivia Mung. (laughs) Yeah. She's on my team too, by the way. She, she's dating the quarterback of my football team. Smart lady. (laughs) (laughs) She Uh, sounds, she sounds smart. Yeah. Right. Uh, We're going to get reintroduced to nightcrawler, young nightcrawler. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee is taking over. And, He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. I I am looking forward to seeing that. Uh, what am I missing? Jubilee, we're going to get introduced to. Uh, played by Lana Condor. I don't know who she is, but Jubilee is always kind of fun and annoying. Maybe she'll be a vampire eventually in the movies. Probably not, because I don't think she is anymore in the comics. I can't remember. She's not. She's not in the comics anymore. Oh, okay. Somebody put a stake in her. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. No, she's she miraculously just is not a vampire anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Uh, Ty Sheridan, as we said before, is taking over as Scott Summers and Cyclops. Uh, again, this movie takes place in the '80s, which is cool. We've seen some pictures of these of Ty and Sophie Turner at a record store, holding a record of Dazzlers. Uh... Um, I'm going to tell you all right now, there is no way that Dazzler is being played by Taylor Swift. Uh, maybe her voice is, like for the singing and stuff, but if they bring that character in, it's not going to be Taylor Swift. Just like when they thought she was going to be in Days of Future Past, she's not Lady Gaga. That happened too, it's, that rumor. Dazzler sucks. I, I don't really care about Dazzler either. She's Dazzler's like, gone through a revamp recently, hasn't she? Yeah, she was actually uh, an Avenger. Now, yeah, and now she's an eight. Now she's like a liaison for in Shield. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. What I meant. That's yeah, right. She, was, she, she didn't made, she approach Magneto actually, one time? Yep. She yeah. Was, yeah. She like shit out of him. Yeah, I liked. I like new Dazzler. Yeah, new Dazzler is great. Old Dazzler sucks. Yeah, eighties Dazzler. Forget it. Yeah. Um, am I forgetting anybody? Yeah, we're gonna get Jean Grey, uh, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, great actress. Uh, and sh- yeah, so there, yeah, that's 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 the new characters. I mean, you know what these people do. Um, what is Apocalypse's ability? He can control his size. He can control technology, telekinesis, telepathy, super strength, and like, yeah, he can control his, his size. He's got like a suit too, so. Yeah, his suit does most of the like sizing, like the size changing. Which in the trailer, I was when he was doing that to Xavier and getting bigger. I'm like, yes, this is what I want to see. Anyway, I hope we see more of it than just in that scene because yeah, in that scene Xavier's walking, so I assume it's some sort of dream or mind battle. That's what I thought too. Oh, and there's there's a leaked picture. I guess it's it's like in a magazine. uh, Angels fighting the Blob, so we're gonna see the Blob again. And oh yeah, yeah. The blob's laid out. Yeah, I I think that's all you're gonna see of the blob, by the way. So yeah. Um, How does Angel beat Blob? I don't know. 
I'm guessing that's like his tryout. Tickles him with feathers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and if he falls, he can't get back up. So that's, Right, yep. right. Got him. There you go. You got him. Uh, Simon Kinberg has said the next film will be set in the 90s, which makes a lot of sense, and he has talked about redoing the Dark Phoenix saga. Uh, yes. Eventually, that'd be great. You just got Gene Grey back, so let's let's ease into it, people. Yeah, I think you need at least another movie or two to at least like Establish. start in on it. Yeah. yeah, get get her. I don't know how prominent she seems prominent from the trailer because she's got the nightmare of of apocalypse, but I don't know how prominent she is in the film. Uh, I feel like this movie's prominently going to be Mystique. <laughs> we we know you guys hate Mystique, or this version of she- Mystique. Well, there's no point for Mystique to be a part of this. Right. And the whole thing, this is the thing that bugs me about these movies, is in the in the first set, it was clear that these were made more so to really shine on Wolverine. Yeah. And now this new set, because Jennifer Lawrence is the big ticket item, and for some reason, everyone flocks to that shitty suit and hair that they make for this new mystique it's not as good it's about the same as shittiness as the old one with rebecca romaine doing it but in this one it's like she's the big ticket item and so they're making it more plot they're trying to make her more as a good girl a good good guy which in my recollection i could be completely wrong mystique has never trained x-men no yeah, she's always played by her own rules and did her own thing. She's done good things. She, she's been a good guy. Yeah, but she's fit never... her own agenda, though. Exactly. It was never for the greater good, and that's what they're, they're making it well, out to be, and they, that it don't like it. Yeah, they've kind of put themselves in a bind when they made it, like, the surrogate sister of Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, that was my one gripe. Uh, my my was, one real gripe. With uh, with both of those movies was uh, I, I think Mystique is being played up way too much. I don't mind Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's a good actress and she's gorgeous. Um, but they're using her wrong. Yes. So there, we'll say that, Matt. Matt, you don't like her at all, right? We lose Matt. Lose Matt. Matt might have fallen asleep. (laughs) 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 All right. Hopefully we'll get Matt back before too the much X Men talk before the end of the uh, the podcast. Um, and there's a hint at in the tra- or in the the credit scene. Again, this is not a spoiler. None of us know it. Uh, that we're going to get a hint at one of the next movies, which could either be the next X Men movie, could be the next Wolverine movie, could be the Gambit movie, or something altogether new. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, I yeah, they've got a a good slate coming up, right? They've got Old Man Logan. Or slash well, Wolverine three, yeah, right? It's no longer gonna be Old Man Logan. It's right. now something completely different. Yeah, yeah. They they definitely have to. They can't they can't do that exact story because they don't have access to the characters. Right. The, the, yeah, they they're gonna do something different and may call it Old Man Logan, but they've said that they're not doing like straight up Old Man Logan because they don't have Hawkeye and the Hulk. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just same with the, uh, or you can't incorporate that. That story exactly right. Um, yeah, Stewart's back as Xavier in that movie, um, and then uh, Liv Schreiber was in talks to return as Sabretooth. I don't know if that ever returned. Great actor again, just wasn't used right. 
Does Sabretooth I enjoyed him as Sabretooth. Say that again? I really enjoyed him as Sabretooth, I agree. It was done wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him too, but does does Sabretooth have the same powers that Wolverine does in that he can live as long as Wolverine does? In the movies. Most part. In the books, no. Well, they changed it so now in the comics he also has this that ability as well of yeah. pretty much immortality. Right. Well, they they made him the new Wolverine when Wolverine died. Yeah, uh, and now he's part of a group that's working with Magneto, uh, the Uncanny X Men, I believe. And X twenty three is the yeah. official Wolverine, right? Right, she's the yes. new Wolverine. Yes, which has been great. That book has been great. She has a line in there where she's like. I I can't remember it. I tweeted out the picture because it's awesome when she talks about being Wolverine. It was was great. Anyway, uh, the future of the X-Men film series looks like this. We've got the untitled Wolverine movie in 2017 that we were just talking about. Um, X-Force is being adapted as we speak, and there's potential that it could be R-rated like Deadpool. Oh, also Wolverine is R-rated, by the way. So I think you're going to get a lot more angry fighting. Blood, I think, is what you're going to get out of that, mostly. Perfect. Uh, Gambit is still being made, much to what people don't think is happening. They want that movie made. So suck it. Uh, Channing Tatum certainly wants that movie made. Yeah, he's a producer now. so <laughs> he, It's going to get made, kids. I mean, they had already started cast. It's sad. Anyway. Um, the new mutants is going to get is getting made, and these are the characters that will be in it. Magic. Wolfsbane, Mirage, Cannonball, Sunspot, and Warlock, who is like a android type guy. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the Deadpool Sunspot's sequel. Sunspot's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deadpool sequel is happening, obviously, because that was so successful. And we're going to see Cable in that, apparently. And then another X Men movie set in the 90s. There you go. That's the future of the X Men, and then we have some shows coming out too, like the Legion show that's going to be on FX. That's I amazing. heard that got canned again. Did it really? Well, whatever. I don't know, like that or the Hellfire Club. One of those got. Oh, got, that's yeah. I meant like, to look at uh, the Fox upfronts to see what shows got approved, and I totally forgot. And I, How do you I do Hellfire, Hellfire Club? Club? Did, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, as. Uh, here we go. Hellfire is set to currently set to air in early 2017. Oh, all right. Legion has yet to announce a release date. Huh. Hellfire go. Club. Uh, they have stated that the two shows will take place in a parallel universe to the film series, leaving the door open for crossovers, collaborations, and blah, 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 blah. Oh, boy. Well, so that's how you do a Hellfire Club TV show. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Matt, are you back? Okay, I was going to ask if you had any questions, but we cannot. So I have a question. Yes. Um, are are, are there any like any of the the films coming up? Um, like I'll take uh, I'll take Gambit as an example. Um, do you think that they are going to directly tie into this universe that they're doing with the Age of Apocalypse coming up and then the next 90s movies, or are they going to kind of stray away and do their own thing in their own corner of the universe? I feel like they're going to set the tables like like Deadpool did on its own, but with a touch of X-Men. I think you're going to get the same thing in Gambit. 
I think it's going to be all about Gambit, and then you're going to get a touch of X-Men somewhere in there, because it's supposed to be a heist movie, is what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense if it was based kind of like Deadpool is, and just do it more like it's more present day, and then throw in random X-Men as you go along. Right. What was fun about the Deadpool cameo was, like, it's two random characters, like, who cares? Yeah. And then with Gambit, you could you could make it a more substantial character because he has roots with Storm and Rogue. Because he saves his introduction to the X-Men is when he saves Storm. So you could do something similar where, you know, in a tag or so he saves a little girl somewhere in the middle of the movie and that, that leads to his introduction to Xavier. Who knows? There's lots of ways. Like, here I am writing the movie right now. Let's do it this way. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I hope for the same thing. I, I hope that it's its yeah. own thing, and then just there is a way to tie it in without making it another X Men movie. Again, you—I hate to say it, but you follow the MCU, like you build your world, with, like they did with you know Iron Man, and then they did with, with the One Hulk movie. But there's a way you can do it, and it doesn't have to seem like it's a carbon copy right. of what yeah. what Marvel did. You don't have to do what they did. You could do it your own way, but you also don't have to do it the way DC did and throw everything into the blender. Right. I don't think you should ever do it the way DC right. did. Where you just keep forcing things into that blender no matter how much fits. You're just going to keep forcing it in there and then you get then you get all of the fruit smoothie all over the walls. Got yeah. This is going to be delicious and everyone's going to like it. Can can I say something on that that has been bugging me for a while? Sure. About BBS, I, I heard a, a lot of people complain and say, "Oh, the studio is too, was too involved," and it, it's a lot of it is the studio's fault, and and Zack Snyder is a bit of a victim. And while I agree that the studio is definitely at fault, I think they're just as much as Snyder because uh, they're they're citing that the movie. They cut down the movie, right? It was like three hours, and then there was another cut that was four hours, and then they cut it down to two and a half. Like, it's still Snyder's fault for shooting a movie that's four hours long that can't be cut down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look at you look at Age of Ultron, and Joss Whedon has said that that's not the movie he wanted to make. Um, and I believe it. Like, there's a lot that got cut out of that movie, because there's so much that doesn't make sense of Thor's appearance in that movie. Did you see the um, deleted scene Not that yet. they had with Not Thor? Yet. Okay, so the deleted that I agree with you because the whole thing with him in the water was so weird in the movie in general. Yeah, but there's a deleted scene where they explain the whole thing and what it's supposed to do, and I was like, why was this cut versus like five like, ten minutes scene? Some other point. It, yeah, it's like a five minute scene of like. <laughs> what the point of the water is and yeah. how it reacts to him and the questions he like, it's a whole thing that yeah. explains like a good portion of not only the film, but like the future, the whole, the whole, the infinity stones thing. Oh, okay. And it's just like, why, I don't understand why this, I didn't understand why that was cut. Hmm. Well, they didn't have room because they were too busy focusing on black widow and Hulk's romantic entanglement i guess weird, weird. yeah yeah whatever that was, <laughs> what, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, way too busy forcing forcing yeah. captain america's swear jokes in there and hiding zucchinis and boy yeah oh 
I feel I feel bad for Joss, and that's the way he ended up leaving the MCU and Twitter. <laughs> like he was out. Yeah. I'm out. I'm done. But whatever. Anyway, there it's a good hands. I trust the Russo brothers. So anyway, that is our <laughs> Atomic Geekdom University on X Men. It went way longer than I thought it would because we did kind of get on a lot of tangents. And we did lose our student at one point, so we may have lost all of you. If you finished listening to this episode, thank you, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are on Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom. Justin, you guys are at? 2BGPod. And follow those guys on Facebook, because they're going to be doing some Facebook Live stuff, and I think Matt did one already, so... Uh, He's done one. I'm going to try... I- I have I don't know if my phone actually supports that because it's a stupid phone. Yeah. So I'm going to try. Do one in, the, do some, in your store, like walk the wall or something. I'll try to either do that or maybe just do like a weird thing with my wall of graphic novels. There you go. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I tested it out. You know, I did when I was at Wizard World, I did a couple that I think went okay. I mean, they weren't great. I was testing it out on my phone and walking around while trying not to bump into people. So it gets a little shaky. Yeah. And, and uh, But I did one before podcasting the other day and I went well. So I'll try to add a little more to that and make it a little more interesting. So it's not pretty boring. Kind of give you an inside look at what we're going to be talking about before we record the podcast and all that. And gives you a chance to chime in while we're recording and Leave us messages on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom or at 2BG Pod. Uh, head over to AtomicGeekdom.com and click on the top banner. That's our Entertainment Earth banner. That'll take you to all kinds of awesome toys and statues and memorabilia and stuff to get that you should want to buy. Because I, you know, I think all of us would want to buy any of the stuff that's there. And it doesn't cost yeah. doesn't cost you anything extra. If it's out of stock, you'll get it no matter what. So if it's sold out everywhere, you'll still get it. Um and it doesn't cost anything extra, and a little bit comes back to us, which is always helpful. Also, if you like listening to podcasts, you probably also like listening to books being read to you by certain people, such as Will Wheaton reading books to you is awesome. So you can check out Ready Player One read to you by Will Wheaton, or Armada read to you by Will Wheaton, by going to audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Sign up. You get 30 days free and a one free download. I'll recommend either of those two books because those are really good. I just finished Armada and it was great. But Ready Player One, do that before the movie comes out in like 2018, I think, with Steven Spielberg yeah. making it. It's good stuff. Maybe we can get Justin in the movie somehow. I don't know. Again, yeah, I don't know. The first attempt didn't work very well. <laughs> with your real world audition tape. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll figure we'll figure that out. We'll get you in there somehow. We'll set the <laughs> sneaky on set. Uh, yeah, we are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google plus, uh, YouTube. There's one video up on YouTube, but soon there'll be more. Check us out there. Uh, Justin's got his articles right now running about atomic uh, on atomic teams.com running about the X-Men films. Uh, as we record, I have, yeah, I have, uh, days of future pass is by the time this goes up, it'll probably be up possibly, but Monday, uh, is, I want to try and get Days of Future Past done because I might once Age of Apoc- I see Age of Apocalypse, I'll probably do one Perfect. on that. Yeah. Um, we also have news on the website about the Marvel casting news from Thor Ragnarok, written by Justin. Thank you. You're welcome. 
And we got reviews of Game of Thrones, Flash, uh, Supernatural, Once Upon a Time's finale's review is going to be up there shortly. And a great opinion uh, editorial, otherwise known as op-ed in the business, written by Matt, uh, which is getting quite a few people some, some, some great praise on Twitter. It's called Your Childhood Sucked, Why Nostalgia is Hurting Creativity and Making You Miserable. It's a great article. Check it out. I enjoyed reading it. It's really good. Um, And then uh, very shortly, we're going to have some some pieces by Johnny up on the site. So, again, AtomicGeekdom.com, that's the place to be. We're going to try to get some more creative stuff up there for you all. That's where you can find the Two Broke Geeks podcast. Uh, Last episode, what did you guys talk about? Our last episode was... Um, uh, you haven't recorded wait. it yet. <laughs> well, the, the one we are going to record is probably going to just touch on some of the past things, like the casting for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, stuff. I think. Oh, the talk of Michael Keaton may or oh, may yeah. not be Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, it's mostly just odds and ends. And I think I, I I was telling Matt earlier I had a my first and maybe only session of hypnosis therapy oh 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 what is it for um nothing it was for a friend uh who is is she's doing a doing a like she's working on getting her her she has to have like three case studies oh interesting well yeah yeah tease it now now everybody can go listen to the podcast and (laughs) awesome i am definitely gonna listen to that i want to see how that turned out (laughs) 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 sounds exciting all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Atomic Kingdom Podcast. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Anytime. Johnny, welcome to the family. Thank you very much for having me. Sorry I blabbed on. Oh, it's what we do. Yeah. It's what we do <laughs> here. Uh, well, then I'm not sorry. Right. Matt? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, typically, I give Jenny the last word of the episode, but tonight I'm going to allow Justin to have the last word. And the last word this week is. Automatopia. Automatopia.